You're listening to Social Media Unlocked, episode number eight. Do you think that there's going to be another social media platform? Yes. I yes. didn't even, you didn't let me finish yes. that sentence. Yes, it's <laughs> always evolving something new that we're not even thinking about at the moment. And that's the beauty of the field that we work in is the fact that it's never stagnant. It's always changing. And we just have to be open to learning new things. It's time we had an honest conversation about social media. This is Heather Pink, your host of Social Media Unlocked. After spending years producing TV and running social media for the NFL, I started my own social media consulting agency. And well, I wanna talk and teach more about social media. Through each podcast, I hope to bring you a new perspective on social media through influencers, brands, content creators, and more. So that way it can help you with your personal brand, your brand's content, collaborations, and well, just being more knowledgeable about social media. I gotta say, this episode is a special one. Well, actually, all my interviews are special, but this one is with Fox Creative Producer and my business partner, the other co-founder of Pink Deer LLC, Christian CJ Deer, is my guest today. It was actually kind of hard to sit down and write this intro. There's so much to be said. There was so much we went over in our conversation, but I wanted to give people an inside perspective at a conversation about social media with co-founders of a social media consulting agency, Pink Deer. I can't stress enough the importance of having healthy conversations with your coworkers or the people that you respect about what's going on in your world. You could be in retail, sales, banking, it doesn't really matter. What matters is participating in those conversations, knowing what's going on in your field of work and continuing to strive in it. And hopefully these conversations aren't over text message. So on this episode, we dive into the state of social media, how we've shaped our leadership skills. We open up about our company's background and also the things we love and hate about the world of social media. Yeah, we are giving away some of the goodies. Take a listen. I have known this guy for quite some time. And if you're ever wondering where the deer comes from in Pink Deer, it's this guy it's right here. Me. I know, CJ, Christian Coming CJ from the Deer. Coming from the <laughs> cave. <laughs> um, Christian CJ Deer, but his day job is at Fox. He is the creative producer and he's done amazing things. CJ. Oh, stop. Oh, come on. I mean, I gotta, I, like, you Got do him. such a good job at feeding positive energy to people. And that's mm -hmm. one of the best things about you. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I try to keep a positive mindset. We in a pretty evil world. We are. I know. So I try to keep that energy going. So CJ and I, we both met at the NFL. We didn't know each other before then. We both have Midwestern roots. And we both worked at. Shout out to the Midwest, baby. Shout out. And we both worked on NFL Fantasy together. So we've gone way back. Uh, since then, he left to go over to Fox to do amazing and wonderful things. What is one of the biggest things you've learned in this social media journey? Ooh. The number one thing I've learned is honestly to be yourself. I feel like you're able to identify who's being fake and who's being real. So I always really enjoy people who don't look at engagement all the time, but they're just doing something that they truly enjoy. And then they um just consistently posting it. Mm -hmm. So what has been one of the biggest challenges you faced? Um, so CJ, to give anyone perspective, CJ and I, when we were working in social, like CJ didn't have social. I, I mean, I kind of regret <laughs> having it now, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I say, CJ, you got to have social. You work in social. He's like, nah. 
I mean, I believe it's a good balance because we working in it 24 seven. And that's another thing about social media. You never truly logged off. Like, you know, you have a lot of friends that have regular nine to fives. They clock in at nine, get off at five o'clock. With us, we always on call. We always posting. So it's just like, I didn't really have time for my own personal account. And I also just like to see the best in other people and show that to the world. <laughs> yeah, okay, CJ. <laughs> but seriously, what has been so what is like like what's been one of the hardest things you've had to learn between Fox, NFL, doing our stuff? Hmm. Working at the NFL, which I love because I started my career working at the NFL, but it's really guidelines, it's strict guidelines. And, and it's the same thing at Fox, but I do believe it's more creative. Like you know with the shield, you have to protect it at all costs. So you have to be careful by the way that you project it. Not saying it's not the same, but we do have talent that bring alcohol and black miles on set. So you so our we're able to just do more and to go beyond the box. So that's one thing I wouldn't say that is challenging. Honestly, it was challenging when I was at the NFL, but now it's like a breath of fresh air. At Fox? At Fox. Is is that the biggest difference between Fox and the NFL? I would NFL? definitely say that because I always tell everybody, and nothing against the NFL, I love it. Like I said, I got my start there. I met you there. I met one of my mentors there, and I was able to travel, go to the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl. So nothing against the NFL, I love it. But it's just like you're dealing with different talent. You're de- dealing with different people, but it's a strict guideline. Like I said, you always, you remember, protect the shield. And it's the same way at Fox. We have to protect our talent because totally. we can't put them in bad situations. But when it comes to being creative and selling, because all social media is a selling a person or individual or a brand. So when it comes to selling there, you could just be a little bit more creative. Is it harder working for a brand or working with an influencer? To be honest, an influencer, because I would say you're trying to create content. When you're working with the brand, just say, for instance, if you're working with a television show, you have content every single day. From For two hours a day, you could dis- you're able to decide which content that you're able to put together and push out. But when you're dealing with an influencer, now, if they work on a TV show, it's easy. But if you're trying to create content from inception, I find that a little bit more difficult. Because the thing about social media, you have to be consistent, you have to post daily, and you just have to be able to, because you're trying to create an engaging community. And so it's kind of difficult to do that when you're trying to every day think of a content plan, like, all right, what are we going to create with this person today? I know. Especially, especially if they are, you know, like myself, don't really like to post themselves on social media. So you have to find other creative. So how do you tell them to post? Because like you aren't the type that Mm -hmm. says this is me. This is what I'm doing. So how how do you approach talking to them about that? I analyze them. I see what they do on a daily basis, what their daily routines are, because we all real creatures of habits. So we do things every single day. So my thing is, is try to figure out how can we show that on social media in a a pleasing way. I just try to show them the pros and cons. Like I show them other um, influencers that's posting daily, showing their life and um, providing analytics. Everyone loves numbers. So if you're able to 
provide your reasoning with numbers, that's an easy sell because you could show that other influencers are doing it in their and it's working for them. So like I said, just analyzing their day to day and just trying to figure out what do they do, like their habits that they do every single day and sell that. You have a lot going on. And to anybody that thinks they have a lot going on, they have to talk to you. 100%. How do you balance everything? Working in social media mm-hmm. can be tough by itself. Right. Having a normal job. But how is it that you can balance everything as like millennial, you're married, you have all this stuff going on? Mm-hmm. I believe the main thing, like you say, is balance and is writing it down. Phones are a lifesaver because I believe you can do a lot of things on your phone. So I could just create a lot of content on my computer, but then in terms of posting, with the apps, with scheduling, I could just do a lot of things on my phone. So I believe that helps. So having a calendar, having someone like yourself that's able to keep me on, (laughs) keep me grounded. Hi, good morning, CJ. I'm here to bother you this morning. (laughs) Really just helping like lay out a weekly schedule so I know. And then (laughs) I always look back and I say, man, my long-term memory is shot, but my short-term memory is pretty good. So (laughs) So I know what I have to do for that week and that day. So I really just try to, um, and then, like like um, I had mentioned earlier with social media, it doesn't matter what time of the day you're going to be working. Mm-hmm. So it's just really just trying to prioritize what's important. So I just knock out things that need to get turned around for that day. And then when I have free time, I just work on the next yeah. day. I know that's not really a straight answer, but it's really just trying to prioritize what's the most important thing to do. Yeah. When you and I worked together, there was a point where we were like having trouble communicating like early on mm-hmm. and we both sat in a room. And then from that point, I felt like we were different. We were on a different level. Mm-hmm. But I've always felt like and especially talking to more people in social like they have trouble explaining things to their superiors or explaining something like actually like this is how it is. Do you feel like you've had the, some of those problems? Especially working in corporate is the fact that it goes through a lot of channels before you're able to post it on big projects. The day to day, they don't really pay attention to it unless you're doing something that wrong. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Wrong. I'm like, listen, you do it wrong, you're, you're, gonna, you're, get gonna, you're gonna get talked to. You're gonna have to have a sit down in the office. But I mean, the main thing is. I found was difficult is really just creating a plan, writing it out, having examples, and then just presenting it in a way that they understand. They're going to always have questions and Mm -hmm. you're going to have to like go back, rework it, and then represent it. And then just the main thing you got to have as your superiors is someone that trusts you and believe in you. And so once they are able to see what you want to present on social media, then they just give you their blessings and then you just go out and you got to make them look right. Mm-hmm. And then they go all, and then before you post it, obviously show them and then you have to go through like five edit sessions. Where do you think social media is right now? Like what is the state of social media in CJ's mind? It's certainly at its height, but it's also congested in my in my belief, everyone wants to get on social media. Everyone wants to be an influencer. Everyone wants to be seen, to be known. And I think that's a good thing because you have so many people in one, in one place. And it also could be a bad thing. Like I said, it could just be highly congested. It's like the 405 for rush hour. It's just too much going on. So my thing is, how do you separate yourself from the competition? So you have to not only be creative, but be consistent. Yeah, You can't just do something once and 
don't do it again for a couple of months and then don't understand why your stuff isn't seen or why you aren't growing in followers or engagement. So it's definitely consistency. And it's really just interacting and engaging with other accounts. You can't set yourself on a pedestal and like, I'm too good to comment, to like, to engage with other accounts. You have to be open to creating a dialogue with people on social media. I believe just the state of social media, I do believe it's congested, but I just love the ability for people to network and to grow and to be seen. Because yeah. you don't have to go to these big corporations just to be noticed nowadays. Have you ever met somebody? And so when I first moved to L.A., almost every other person I met, I was like, oh, hi, my name's Heather. And they're like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm I'm an actor. I'm an actress. And I feel like that's how it is now, but with influencers. But no one actually wants to say what they are in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that, too? Where it's like, I know you're an influencer. Right. But you're actually not saying it right now mm-hmm. because they because they believe they're famous. Right. So they don't want the paparazzi, the cameras, the lights flash, and they don't want to feel like they big time yeah. or like that. You only want to talk to them because they are an influencer. What you think? Maybe? I don't know. I, I find it interesting because honestly, I'm waiting for somebody to say I'm an influencer and I'm going to say, what do you influence? That's the first thing that's going right. to come out of my mouth mm-hmm. to you- somebody that I don't like automatically right. no she's not like not a singer not an actress mm-hmm. you know do you feel like millennials today have so many things that they want to do so they really don't have an answer for you too so that's why they never really say i'm an influencer because they know the next question is going to be so what do you promote or what do you focus on or what do you influence? yeah a little bit you know i think the like the millennials especially they yeah they want to influence but yet they want to do so many things maybe like like me, they want to quit. They want to start a podcast. They want to start their own program. They want to do certain things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. So, what do you it. say when people ask you? For the most part, I say, yeah, I have my own social media company. That's all. Okay, so you don't you don't get into the Disney. No, if people were to ask me like what my whole spiel is, like. Mm. So I'm out. We're gonna do it right now. All right, all right. How you doing? My name is CJ. Hi, I'm Heather. All right. I saw that you're a little influencer, got a strong following on social media. So what do you do? Well, CJ, I own this really cool social media consulting agency. I don't know if you've heard of it. I think I have. I remember the color pink. (laughs) Two cool names. (laughs) But also, I do public speaking, and I have my own interests that I like to expand upon too, like travel and like Disney, Mm -hmm. and that's. Kind of it. I think that if you can't explain yourself in like a it, sentence or two. Elevator pitch. You have to. Right. Maybe I didn't give you the best elevator pitch just But now. I know you though. So yeah, it's I know. Difficult. It's a little No, nah, I'll give you that pass. <laughs> i give you that pass. But yeah, I mean, I think that was a tricky part for us when we started. Like we knew what we wanted to do. We mm-hmm. knew we wanted to help people. We mm-hmm. knew that it was about helping people in a way that big agencies I couldn't. Because right. you're a big agency. Big agencies... I don't know if they necessarily care about the, the strategy, the everyday metrics. Because they put money behind it, everything that they do. Yeah. So they're able to go out and, you know, spend money on a, a expensive production company and they're able to put money behind boosting posts. So I, that's what I do enjoy what we what we do. And the fact that, you know, we came from big companies 
And now we're taking the knowledge that we've acquired and giving it to the smaller companies in the system. Yeah. That's one thing I truly do love about what we do over here at Pink Deer. What's crazy is the amount of people that have asked me. I mean, I'm not joking, CJ. In the past six months, mm-hmm. the amount of people that have asked me, so um, when you guys get busy enough, uh, you know, like, let me know. And they gave me that look, like, let uh, me know. They want us to hire them. It's oh, almost like they're in corporate America yes, right now. And right. I feel okay. like... As crazy as this sounds, and maybe maybe there's some tax stuff that goes involved with it, but I feel like before everyone was pushing small business Saturday, small business, you know, it's going away. But I think we're almost going to an opposite way where people want more personal, more personal experiences. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. sure they want to be touched by Nike, but the thing is, is Nike could touch them in a more personal way, but also. But who are Nike really focusing on? They're going to focus on their their money makers, the LeBrons, the Serenas. Exactly. Where you're always going to like get a Nike. But then when it comes to everything else in your life, I feel like now maybe the brand, the brand name is isn't as as valuable as it is, you know, or it's. I don't know. I agree. And I mean, that's one thing I applaud you all the time is the fact that I feel like we beyond a consulting company in terms of what you do. Like we don't have to get into detail or specifics, but in terms of just whenever one of our clients need anything, you're right at their doorstep assistant. Yeah. It it doesn't matter what the task is. It doesn't even always have to deal with social media. So I think that's what you won't get there at a big corporation. No. Where they like where you're. Like we really tailor everything to the yeah. client yeah. in terms of trying to help build their brand. Cause it's more than just social media with building a brand. For small for some of these small businesses, like that's that's all it is. You have it's, to change your lifestyle. Yeah. So that's a question for you. It's like now with myself, I know when I wake up in the morning, I have XYZ to execute. And then my day is complete. But with you, you have to create. Oh, that. my God. CJ, have you seen my to do list? Yes. But I'm just saying, how do you feel like you motivate yourself in that area, too? <sighs> That's a good question. Quitting was one of the scariest things that had ever happened to me amongst many things in the past year of my life. But I keep thinking that every time I told somebody that I was applying to a new job or they were like, okay, cool. Let me know how I can help. But then I would say I'm starting my own thing and the look on their face, the excitement, they're like, let me know how I can help. And That's like awesome. everybody, and it's not even like, let me introduce you to, it's like, let me know what you can do. So let me pass it along. Like we were talking about, it's all about planting the seed. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's like, I don't feel like I want to let anybody down. Right. Like they trust us. And yes. the thing is, is for me, like we're in the same spot too. We're a small company, yet we care about them so much. Mm -hmm. And for me, like I kind of have my to-do list every day. Mine is more like 10 or 12 things, depending on the day. Um, But also too, like I also want to make sure that you have enough time in your day. I'm not bothering you with everything that we do. Never feel like you bother me. I love <laughs> okay, it. Okay, okay. True. You're being I'm, nice. This no, I'm being serious. There. I know. I'm serious. I know. But at the same time, um, I don't know what motivates me though. Like outside of that, I think it's just trying to be a very successful rate where we're getting all the types of clientele that we want. Mm-hmm. We're getting the small businesses. We're getting the medium-sized businesses. I'm getting to still do some of the stuff that I really like to do too. And mm-hmm. I think that... I hated waking up every day and doing the same shit. (laughs) Yeah. I would wake up every day at the same time. Mm -hmm. I have to be in the office every Sunday. Right. 
And I hated it. And I like, honestly, that's what motivated me. And I sat there and of course I sat there on Instagram. I'm looking and like, oh, this person's in Dubai or <gasps> that didn't bother me as much. But it bothered me the fact that like these people are doing something. Mm hmm. And sure that it doesn't matter whether you're in Dubai or you're in Santa Monica or you're in Chicago. Like if you're out there doing something and you're out there trying to make a difference, like that counts still. Yes. You know, and for me, that was like all the difference. Right. So, so I like that. I was even thinking before, like you said, you were motivated from success, but also success from your other companies as well that you're working with. And then just being able to make an imprint on the world, really. Yeah. I mean. I gotta say like my dad and like my family growing up was a huge part in helping. Cause like I grew up with a dad that had his own company, you know? And I guess when I was like an adolescent, I was annoyed. I was like, oh, dad is gonna be home today at one. So I can't like do <laughs> Wait, anything Wait, what you trying to do, to do at do. one? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it just, you knew he was gonna be home years later understood the value of that and understood what his his grind was like mm. he would get up at five he'd be out the door at 5 30 he's on the road to his first client and his day changes in a moment and right. he's so happy about it mm -hmm. and i didn't realize that that was actually what i wanted more than getting up and doing the same thing and it sucks when you say okay yeah i work at the nfl i have this like super sexy job mm -hmm. look at this sexy thing but there's so much unsexiness about it that it outweighed. Mm. I don't know. I, it might not be the same. But, and, and even like, granted, when me and Katie, when we go out and we are in the streets of LA shooting different videos, like, and we day. are sweating our <laughs> ass off. I mean, it was 90 degrees earlier, that, like, like last month. For me, it's like, that's still different. I'm still going to do something different. Like Every we were talking day. today, we were yeah. scheduling some stuff this morning. I'm like, okay, well, my week just went from, okay, kind of busy to really busy mm. all over the place now. Mm. But like, I'm not, I'm not mad about it at all. Yeah. I just got to drive a little more. <laughs> you got to find another, traffic. I got to find another new podcast <laughs> to listen to. Right. You know, what have you learned from Pink Deer? I, that's what I had, really what I said earlier in regards to taking the knowledge that I've acquired at these bigger corporations and, and giving it back mm -hmm. to the smaller companies. And I really do, this is going to sound cliche, it's going to sound cheesy, but I truly love when the clients are happy. And when they send back, uh, you know, we millennials, so we text not through email, but it's just text and emojis or, the, you know, just or some gifts mm -hmm. to just because you know that they truly are ecstatic. Um, when they had envisioned something for their their brand or the content and it comes back better than they expected. Yeah, and that's a relieving feeling for myself. How about this? When I approached you mm -hmm. about starting Pink Deer, mm -hmm. what was your initial thoughts? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, because a you lot of people don't know our relationships. Like she mentioned earlier, we had started off on fantasy together. And the one thing I truly enjoy about our relationship because it's very rare compared to any other relationship that you have with a coworker is the fact that we can be real with each other. Yeah. I'm an authentic person. You are authentic person. We never going to bullshit each other. We're going to keep it 100. We're going to keep it real. If we have a disagreement, we able to disagree and then bounce back from it. It's ne we never take anything personal. And that's what I truly enjoy. And so why wouldn't I want to? And also, we were so successful together before. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, I had branched off and went over to Fox and you were still at the NFL 
but while we were working together at the NFL, everything we touched turned into gold, not to toot our own horns or anything, but it was extremely successful. And That's probably the only time I've really heard you like legitimately toot your own horn. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, I, I feel it. I have an ego. We all have egos, but at the <laughs> same time is, is the fact that, you know, I am a humble person, but if you if you're able to observe what you're doing, yeah. you have to respect it and then, but you just can't get complacent. When you're teaching some of the people mm-hmm. at Fox now, mm-hmm. what is some of the biggest things that you tell them? Or what's some of the things that you try to, you know, do your wizardly <laughs> like I mean, it's, and I go beyond just teaching them the tools in Adobe. Like it gotta be a personal, like you have to approach it kind of cocky or you have to believe in yourself. And that's one thing that annoys me about people is the fact that they rely so much on me to tell them what to do. Like I could tell you how to get to the end goal, but I need you to approach me and tell me what you want to get out of it. And I want you to go out and try to figure it out. Cause I never forget when I first got into, um, television. I didn't know any of the editing softwares. I lied on my resume. Ooh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only person that didn't lie on a resume, but I, cause I remember it just, I didn't know. I mean, obviously I knew what final cut was, but I never use it. I was I always have someone else edit the videos for me. And so I just, obviously I said, yes, I know how to edit. I know how to yeah. do all of this stuff. And so I just remember just getting my first project and I'm just sitting there looking at the computer like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start, but what I do, I Googled it, I YouTubed it, and I was able to figure out the answers. So that's what I just try to tell other people is only come to me when you really have a question. I try to just build people confidence when I'm working with them one-on-one, trying to teach them Photoshop or Premiere or After Effects. I try to build that confidence. Um, I want them to fail and I want them to figure out how to get out of the hole themselves. And then also just look, I'm always big on what inspiring you, like what Mm -hmm. other accounts, what other imagery is inspiring you to create this content. Cause you always need a a foundation to start and you don't have to duplicate what you see, but just have some type of inspiration to um, get started. So I think the main thing is, is just going with confidence, be prepared to fail, but don't always rely on me. I'm like, what is it? The trust fall? I'll be there to catch you. You're not going to hit the ground. Yeah. Go ahead and step out and try to figure it out. I used to tell it to people at the NFL. I think that's just more a sign of being Mm self-sufficient and self-reliant where I would tell people that my favorite people were the ones that just tried to figure it out by themselves. Mm -hmm. Because the first thing I want to ask you is, did you restart your computer? (laughs) IT. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, hey, like, Pink, I'm having a problem. Mm -hmm. I'm like, did you restart your computer? Right. Does your wife ever get annoyed? (sighs) Of course not. No, she knows. No, not at all. I mean... We, we, we at the stage in our lives right now where we just grinding. We both hungry. We both trying to, um, you know, do something big in the world. And we don't want to just be complacent and just, oh, well, we do our nine to five, have dinner. Like, we don't want to mm-hmm. do the, the regular merry life. So she's grinding, focusing on her career, trying to go as far as she can at hers. And I'm doing the same thing with mine. So she never gets annoyed because she understands the end goal. Mm-hmm. It's a marathon. So we are, we both on a marathon and we both know where the finish line is. And so we, we just going to support each other till we get there. I've been out and done tons of networking mm-hmm. and I've had sometimes the trouble of like, and you've noticed it firsthand sometimes about like overstating 
some advice, mm. right? So when someone says to you, oh, you work in social. Well, <laughs> I mean, what do you do in that situation? Like to you be work honest, in yeah, to be honest, I give them what they're looking for because they're going to, it's CJ, like, you're giving away the goods. I know, but it's kind of like an addict. It could be a drug dealer. It could I, be. It could be any. No, but my thing is, if you give them a little bit, they gonna always want to come back for more. So I don't mind providing that type of information because I know for a fact they're gonna always have another que- mm-hmm. a follow up question. Because social media is always changing. It's never going to stay the same. So I don't mind them coming. Because I know once I give them a little bit, they're going to come back for more. I hate those people. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I asked you this, but what is your least favorite part about social? What I don't like is people overanalyze themselves and it can become scary. Because and then they... Like they are so focused on what the people inside of this camera are thinking about themselves that they not even building human interaction. So that's what I hate. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't like that about social media because we lose that human interaction. We don't know how to communicate. I mean, you could be sitting with a group of friends and they on their phone majority of their time. Yeah. Oh, I mean, when I have certain when I'm seeing somebody for the first time in a while or things like that. I, do, I have like a no phone policy for certain parts. Good. I mean, granted, it's tough when we have clients and we want to be available for them as much as we mm. possibly can, but also they're so understanding. If mm. I'm like, hey, I just like did not look at my phone for like two hours. Right. That's, and it's so important. It is. And that's the thing. And that's why I was saying like earlier in the conversation, I'm like, we millennials. So when our clients text us, we enjoy it. I think it's pros and cons to it, though. The accessibility and just it's so good to have everything on your phone where you're able to send an email, post your content, yeah. communicate with your clients. But at the end, you can fall into that rabbit hole that just always, or I read a, an article once, it's like a slide machine like you constantly pulling out your phone it's like you know they oh just sitting yes. at the casino <laughs> pulling down the lever that's how you are just pulling your phone out your pocket it's scary it's very scary so you have to set those type of parameters for yourself in terms of all right for two hours i'm not gonna get when you phone. get up in the morning mm-hmm. is your phone the first thing you look at well i mean it is my alarm clock but what i did like, what i have your done, alarm clock like, um so but what i've done i yes when I wake up in the morning, but when I go to bed at night, what I've started doing was placing my phone outside of the bedroom that Ooh. way. So when I go in a room, I could, me and Josh, could have a, a little conversation and then, you know, yeah. go to bed. But that's a, that's one thing that I have changed. That's nice. I, Keep I, it, no phone in the bedroom. That would be tough for me, mm-hmm. but I try, there are some mornings where I really try to just get up and go mm-hmm. and not look at my phone. Like if I got to like get up, go and be at the door very mm-hmm. soon, like I'm going to get up and go in the shower and I'm not going to look at my phone really, because I'm going to sit there on Instagram and I'm going to look at mine. Like I, I'm going to go down right. the rabbit holes of all, you know, different things that we need to look at. So, and I find that beyond distracting. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's one of the hardest things it's a hard thing about my day where sometimes I do put in part of my day to engage. It's on my to-do list almost every single day. Mm-hmm. Do I do it every single day? Maybe not. And because I'm not just doing it for my page, right? Or my pages. And I think that's the hard part is people need to have that on their everyday to-do list. They right. have to engage. Yes. And people, and honestly, as I'm trying to build new strategies for us to use, there's a couple of them that work. 
And they take time. <laughs> and they take, I mean, I'm sitting there on my couch and I look down and I'm like, oh, shit, I just spent 30 minutes doing that. But, we're th- like, but, but it works though. And I think, I especially for yourself and any other entrepreneurs that's listening to this podcast, you do have to invest that time in because like you said, a lot of our clients have come when you have been active on social media because they know what you're doing. Well, I think the big thing, and as, as uh, uh, I, I mean, of course, when you out, like you said earlier, planting the seed and people just so they know what you're doing. But I believe just showing people on social media through LinkedIn, what you're working on, that you have your own company, that you are an entrepreneur yeah. and that you provide this um, consultant. You have a consultant company. It's so crazy. We were talking this week um, because people aren't in CJ and I's regular conversations that how powerful LinkedIn has been. Mm-hmm. And if I had to argue, I had um, a TikTok influencer on the podcast earlier Denver and I love him he's fantastic he makes if anybody wants to find some inspirational content mm-hmm. I always look at his but he argues that like TikTok is really up there for social media platforms and like LinkedIn I mean, I've seen so much success on LinkedIn. I agree. And I remember I was just recently at the NABJ conference in Miami a few weeks ago. And instead of, because you know, nowadays, everybody, what's your um, Instagram? What's your Instagram? And I was, everyone that I um, interacted with or, or met, I said, what's your LinkedIn? Because I love LinkedIn. I believe it's a platform that cuts out when you're a professional and you want to just interact on a business front, I love getting on LinkedIn. But I remember a lot of people like, why you just don't add me on Instagram? I'm like, no, because this is a, I want to know you from a professional standpoint, like not only that I can assist you, but how can you help me out in the future as well? Yeah, I think um, LinkedIn is powerful because it is predominantly, if not mostly positive. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of built that community Mm -hmm. that it is a positive space for you to interact. And that's what I love about it. And, and honestly, I love that it actually takes some of the old Instagram or like, I want to say old Instagram, some of the old algorithm, like old algorithm type of things where I don't need to follow this person. If you like something, it may end up in my feed. And I, I love that. I do too. Like that organic discoverability Mm -hmm. is something that's missing Mm -hmm. in our regular platforms. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, so this Why do you think Instagram is like that? Let's kind of dive into that. Do you believe- Because because they want money. Yep. They want money. Yep. What do you, I mean, that's why- Do you like Twitter still? No. Wow. I mean, I'm sorry if anyone's listening. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I go on Twitter. I would go on there only for client reasons. And then I'll go on there for football stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Outside that, I'm not going on it. I feel like um, Twitter is making a comeback, in my opinion. is because since Instagram and Facebook have gone so algorithm heavy, where you're not really seeing the latest things that your friends are posting, when yeah. you go to Twitter... Like you get news as they occur. And then I truly love the trending tab. So you can see the top stories of yeah. the day. I will the, I mean, but that's the, what I use it for. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. because I guess so I might be old then. <laughs> no, that's why I like you're LinkedIn. In, and you're every day in sports. Where right. when I was every day in sports, I sat there with my tweet deck up. Mm-hmm. I sat there looking at Twitter. And yeah. I think for me it was kind of like I need to fucking get away right. from this. Yeah. But so Instagram is the number one platform right now. I mean, when I get up every day, I for the most part, it's email mm-hmm. and Instagram. And then I'm going somewhere else right, right afterwards. Right. I'm going to LinkedIn. I'm going to like, yeah, I might be going to Facebook. But yeah, I probably am on Instagram majority of the day, but I do just check the other platforms maybe once or twice a day. 
I don't, I don't check. I mean, I admit, I probably, what? this is my realization mm-hmm. that I probably should check Twitter mm-hmm. more often, but I don't. But and you I, have to be on there all the time just to see everything. Yeah, I'm good. so much content. I, and that's what. So it's, it's like we just talking to search because it's the pros and cons of the algorithm. Well, I think the one thing that people aren't doing, it's almost like they're scared to post or they're scared to do certain things now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it's because. I'm going to use Instagram as this specific instance because I think it applies to it because I think that most people are on it. Is that like when you go on Instagram and let's say in a given week, right? Let's just say I'm going to call my sister out. Let's say the given interaction between my sister and I, right? Mm -hmm. My sister will post sometimes an Instagram story and she'll maybe send me a, a couple DMs and she'll send me a post. And I think that's, and but she won't post something. She might post something maybe once a week, if not maybe maybe a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. And that's how I think a lot of people are doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they actually engage with stuff. They're, they're just there to scroll with things. But they engage it through the story. So that was my question to you is, how many stories do you get through a day? Oh, <clears> not, a, not a lot. And if you could put a number on it, what you think? On my personal feed, mm-hmm. probably 10. That's Maybe great. a day, like ten on people. Session. Ten, oh, ten, ten people because it's always the ten. That's why I can't. I, oh, I, I want to go back to that one. <laughs> oh, shit, where did it go? I don't, I don't know where it went. You know, I, I forgot who I was looking at because it just kept going. Right. And do you believe that through Insta? So, do you like stories though? Yes. Okay. I because you know what, Instagram wants to be everyone's like everyone's everyday every moment platform mm-hmm. and it doesn't know how to do everything all at once yet mm-hmm. and it's still working on it but i wonder though so do you believe that you know how we used to go do you so do you find yourself more in the discover page right now or in the stories page you think oh stories and homepage, hundred percent right. but and this is a difference you're the opposite right no no so you've changed that's what i was just about to say my habits has have changed because now in the stories that they able to share stuff from the feed it could be from the discover feed um discover page oh. igtvs all the feed they put in their stories now so i was just going to ask do you find yourself like engaging or interact or discovering new content from stories that people just take yes. from that's why I love that and yeah. that, that, I, that's what I was gonna I actually that's, that's a tip for you guys I'm sure you already know it though. I hope you you know use the little arrow button wisely right um, and I think that is sort of their, their way of trying to creep into Twitter territory of the news type of things mm-hmm. they're giving you the capability to share things to the mass public in a quick manner mm-hmm. and I think that's a great way to do it mm-hmm. the problem is is if you're so like so I'm going to go back to that example. Like my sister, if she doesn't go on any other platform, she probably doesn't know what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Because Instagram doesn't have a good way like Twitter does. Right. I don't go into the news, the actual news app that often. Mm-hmm. I probably should. But if I'm not going on the news app, I'm not looking that much on Twitter's trending. I sometimes don't really know what's going on. And I think that's a huge problem that Instagram needs to hurdle. Right. You know? Well, is that what the, well, I guess every company's trying to, you know, be um, monopolized the so, like whatever company you are working at they trying to monopolize the field so I'm sure they eventually are but I was just curious are they even trying to do that right now I don't know is there a reason for them to like get into news to, to get into news it's, it's inter- well on social media all we care about is entertainment well but 
I would argue that the rise of Twitter, I would argue, is because of Trump. And yes, yes. part of that is entertainment based, I will <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of that is like that stuff ends up turning into news. Mm-hmm. And yeah, guess we we would laugh about it. But when I was working at the NFL and that's it was that what, same that year. That would become segments. And that's another thing like where I work at right now is the fact that we send um, what's trending to the talent just so they could have a pulse on what the conversation is. So two times, three times a day, we send in the top five things associated to their name that people are talking about. So, so they can be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's so smart. Because so, like you said, because Twitter is a platform where it's breaking news. So what are people talking about at that moment or through See, this time I, period? I think, though, that as we're in we're in this stage where live programming is sort of going to be very exclusive to sports. Mm-hmm. It's going to be exclusive oh, to is. sports. It is now. It's going to keep continue to be mm-hmm. exclusive to sports. Because all of the... Um, and I think Twitter is going to continue to isolate more and more people. Like my sister will never go on Twitter. And you're continuing to isolate that audience. Mm-hmm. So now you have someone that doesn't want to be on Twitter. You have someone that doesn't want to be on Facebook and only wants to be on two platforms like Snapchat and Instagram. And I can't believe how many people still use Snapchat. They're making, no disrespect to they're Snapchat. They're making a comeback. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't even have a Snapchat. Like, no disrespect to Snapchat, but I can't believe how many people use Snapchat. The people that I know that use Snapchat, it's not even to follow brands or to follow celebrities. It's just to follow regular people. I know. And that's the, <laughs> and that's the thing is, like... Instagram is so muddy the water with, and they have brands. I want to see what my brand's posting. I want to see what new stuff they're coming out with, but I also want to see my friend's stuff. And sometimes like there are days where I take a moment and I'm scrolling through the stories to see who, what haven't I seen in a while, what people I haven't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes I'm like, yeah, I actually haven't seen what this person's doing in a while. And that's the, that's the shitty part about Instagram. Yeah. Right. And, and then that's so then that so, craves that need of, OK, I'm going to go to Snapchat because yeah. I want to still create that like person to person relationship mm-hmm. where Cause that's definitely Snapchat. Do you think that there's going to be another social media platform? Yes. I yes. didn't even you didn't even let me finish yes. that sentence. Yes. It's <laughs> always evolving. Something new that we're not even thinking about at the moment. And that's the beauty of the field that we work in is the fact that it's never stagnant. It's always changing and we just have to be open to learning new things like TikTok. Mm-hmm. I believe that is a growing platform. It could be like Vine. It might not last a long time. Maybe Instagram, Facebook will buy them out or steal something from them and, and insert it into that platform. But it's going to always be new platforms. And then with the younger generation, we just have to follow the wave that they're setting, honestly. I know. That's, and that's the weird part is... That's a tough part about social because the spending demographic is not the young demographic. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like under 18. You know. think it's different? I think it might start changing. Especially no, it's, uh, no, 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 it's no, no going but to I mean, change. yeah, I mean, and it, it, it depends on how much too. Yeah, it's like, no, what, what, what like are right we talking now, about? the spending demographic are the millennials mm-hmm. and above. Mm-hmm. Millennials, they may have. They may have, like they may have a lot of money. They may be open to trying new things, mm-hmm. but the older demographic has more money. Mm-hmm. So know? that's what I mean. Is like, but they're the, not on, openly on. And are we social. talking about like individuals? Or are we talking about companies too? I guess we are talking about individuals. Yeah, because I think at the end of the day, the touch point is the person. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I was just trying to think in terms of purchasing because, you know, companies are always looking at. You know, they definitely because I was thinking more in, in regards to are we were we talking about 
from a company's perspective or are we talking about from an individual's perspective? Well, I think from a company's perspective, here's the problem with a lot of companies right now is that when you're a really big company like the NFL, the NFL wants to continue to stay relevant. Right. They are not the most relevant from a social media perspective. Right. NBA trumps them mm-hmm. by far and away. On social media. On social media. But when it comes, comes to, to the television ratings, and the ratings and where the real money is at. They crush So that's them. what I'm trying to. Yeah. But here's the thing is mm-hmm. those people that follow them on social, they're also the younger demographic. They're going to end up turning. So in 10 years when they mm-hmm. have to make a decision about, oh, I don't know, uh, is the NBA on DirecTV or is the NFL? on something else. Oh, I'm going to pick the one that has NBA, right? right? And eventually it's going to start to evolve where the NFL was doing a valiant effort. They're still really trying hard to get that young demographic because they have the old demographic where every company doesn't get to have that luxury. Mm -hmm. They don't get to have the luxury to try to get every age group. Mm -hmm. And that's the tough part. Mm -hmm. Like some of the stuff that you're working on, that's not for people that are young. Mm -hmm. It may be if their parents allow them to watch it, but on on another level, like they're having actual real conversations. Right. Some of that may, it may go over their head. And so I think that's the tough part with social because you want like, like why you on Snapchat? Are you on Snapchat to get that young demographic? But also that's where the person to person is. Right. Are you on Facebook? Well, that's where the old demographic is. Like that's where my parents are going to be on every single day. Mm-hmm. But is that the person that you want to be continuing to spend money on when they're going to retire in 10 years? Right. So that's, that's the tough part. What advice would you give anyone else that currently in the position that you were in a year ago where you were really contemplating on staying with a stable job and then trying to also just for the freedom to be able to do what you want to do and to take what you've learned at that stable job and to just grow in the field and to be able to just really have the um, the reins to do what you want to do. So what advice would you give that person that's in that position today? People have asked me this and I think the big thing at the end of the day was I did research. I went out and I applied for other jobs. And as I kept talking to more people and realizing, oh, well, this job only lets me do one thing, but this other job only lets me do another thing. We're built like Swiss army knives. We can really do just about anything when it comes to social. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can do that. And not any job was actually going to let me have that flexibility. It was either go higher and lose a lot of the, you know, day-to-day, I mean, not necessarily day-to-day management, but a lot of the day-to-day touch point with a client when they feel really secure about it. And to be honest, I didn't think that starting our, our, you know, our own thing was an option. I didn't know it was an option. And I guess the more... I mean, I don't know if I told you this, but like literally when I was telling people how unhappy I was, almost every other person was like, why don't you start your own thing? Why don't you do your own thing? Like, why don't you just leave and just do your own thing? Mm -hmm. I'm like, it ain't just like easy like that. But eventually it became easier. And when I tell people I quit because I figured out what I wanted to do and there was nothing else available for me like Mm -hmm. that. Not even, not even in Chicago, not even LA. Everyone wants to peg something in a specific hole, right? Mm -hmm. I want a strategist that can only strategize. I want a manager that can only do the day-to-day management. But what about the people that can do everything? You know, there has to be a place 
for those people. And that's what we were mm-hmm. at our companies. And that's sort of why when you have those people at your companies, you have to like keep them and make them happy. Yeah. And when you're not making them happy, those are the hungry people. They're going to figure something out. And I think that was my biggest advice was, is finding that thing. Because sometimes because finding that thing and making that realization is the toughest part. It's not leaving. It's realizing that what you're, where you're at right now isn't where you want to be. And you've found something that you can move on to, you know, like the leap makes it easier when you have something that has your back. Right. Like you. Yeah, of course. You know, of course, I'm always here. I know. But you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. CJ, it's been a real pleasure for those of us that don't already. They should follow us on Pink Deer. Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> They're going to see more of our adventures. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll see more, a little more of CJ's face. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Then I'll go back in my cave. <laughs> <laughs> but CJ, thank you for coming of on. Of course. Um, thank you for having me. I love what you're doing. Like I always tell you, I appreciate what you're doing. And, you know, you have a, being a wealth of knowledge. So you're it's good so that mushy. you're giving it back to the people. I know. People don't realize that free content can be everything. It really can. Like podcast, such a such a wealth of knowledge. It really is. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social Media Unlocked. Please take a moment to review this podcast in the iTunes store. If you want to learn more about me and my social media experience, go to www.heather.pink or find me on Instagram at heatherpink27. And if you're looking for help in creating a social media department or building a social media brand, my consulting agency Pink Deer is here to help. Visit www.pinkdeerllc.com for more info.